We're in Galatians 6 today, the first six verses. So I've got a very dry book. We've all been unwell in our house, so please pray for us all as well. We've all been ill the last few days. And being ill is bad enough, but preaching ill is just like even worse. Keith, you'll know, won't you? You've done that a few times. It's not nice. But we'll get there. It's okay. I don't want your sympathy. Um, I'm not trying to lower the bar before I've started. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Right, um, I'm just going to pray before we start. Uh, yeah, so we thank you, God, that, um, that you're with us today. I thank you that whether we're ill or whether we're well, whether we're feeling good or whether we're not, that you are present with us today. And we pray you speak to us. Give all of us ears to hear. Give me the words to speak. And we pray that we will be able to hear and understand and be blessed by your word today. Amen. So, Galatians 6, 1-6. to Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he has something, when he has nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. But each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. So I'll be honest, I haven't been really listening in to much of what you've been doing in Galatians. I've been so busy myself that I just haven't had a chance. If I repeat anything that's been said, just take it as God speaking again on the same thing, that he wants to put that on our hearts again. And Paul, in his letter, has basically been telling the Galatians off, really. As a good father, he's been telling off his naughty children. Um, And as a good father, he's also been telling off the people that have been leading his naughty children astray. Because Paul is a spiritual father to the Galatians. And these false teachers have come in and, and said, if you want to be a Christian... First of all, you need to become Jewish. It's a big debate in the first, for the first Christians in the early church. Men have to be circumcised, you have to obey the law. And thankfully, especially for us men, that didn't win out in the end. But that's what they were saying. Um, so, Paul has been saying to the Galatians, no. It's not about obeying the law, it's about the grace of God that saves us. So these false teachers were laying on the Galatians a burden to obey the law, a burden to keep the religious commands of the Old Testament. Paul comes out with this phrase, bear one another's burdens, and in in doing so, you fulfill the law of Christ. So these Galatian false teachers were putting a burden on people, but Paul's saying, bear one another's burdens. It's a lot like something else Paul said. He said, if we love, we fulfill the law. That was also Paul. That was in the book of Romans. So potentially we can say, bear one another's burdens, fulfill the law. Love one another, fulfill the law. Same thing. As we bear one another's burdens, we show God's love to each other. And so this is the point where Paul gets really practical. He's always very deep and theological and he, he says lots of things and eventually at the end he gets very practical in all his letters really. And that's what he's doing here. Bearing one another's burdens fulfills the law and is loving 
to one another. And Jesus said, didn't he, if you love your neighbor as yourself, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love the neighbor as yourself, you fulfill the law. Same thing again. That was Jesus. And so, there's a few different things that Paul shows them. A few different ways they can bear one another's burdens. And so, keep the law in love for one another. And I just want to go through a few of these things for us, if I can. Um, yeah, so bear one another's burdens, fulfill the law of Christ. The first thing Paul says is that as we bear one another's burdens is that we need to help one another bear our sin. He says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, you who are spiritual being those who were walking in the spirit, not obeying the false teachers, um, and going back to the law, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Um, and then he goes on to talk about bearing one another's burdens. So we have to help each other bear one another's sin. And there's a thing we like to go on about called church discipline, where we, where someone sins and we, we sort of correct them. And I don't know if you know of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Not many of us would see them as, as a Christian group, really. Um, but they have a thing called disfellowshipping. So when somebody sins, they're brought up before the church, so to speak. And if they've sinned, they're told that they can't be part of the church anymore, their family has to cut them off, their friends have to cut them off. They're completely rejected from the church. And it's easy to see this, this thing of correcting your brother as a, as a discipline, as a, as a, a justice. It is discipline, but as sort of justice. Of making sure that they pay for what they've done. And that's how they, Jehovah's Witnesses, kind of do it. But I want to take you to Matthew 18, if I can, where Jesus talks about this principle. Jesus says, If your brother sins against you, sorry, it's Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he still refuses to listen, even to the church, treat him as a Gentile or a tax collector. I want to point out a couple of things about this. First of all, this little teaching on disciplining for sin takes place between the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the unforgiving servant. That's really important. And it's also just after the teaching of Jesus about, when you're, about making your, the little children sin. So he puts this, Matthew puts this between Jesus talking about the lost sheep and the unforgiving servant. And what Jesus is saying there is, well, I believe this anyway. This is not about just telling your brother how naughty they've been. It's about embracing them, forgiving them, not being like the unforgiving servant who wouldn't forgive the little debt that he was owed even though the other servant was let off his bigger debt. And Jesus is saying, forgive your brother when they go astray, when they're lost. 
forgive them, have mercy on them. And here's something else that's interesting. How did Jesus treat the tax collectors and the sinners? There's another story in Matthew where Jesus is eating with the tax collectors and sinners. And who comes along and tells him that he's wrong? The Pharisees, the biggest keepers of the religious law that there was. Very similar to the people in Galatia who were leading the church astray. And they tell Jesus off and he says it's not the sick, who need, the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And so we bear one another's sin. What Jesus is saying is when someone sins, we are to treat them with mercy, with grace, but to help bear their sin. And if we have to do something about that publicly, even that is an act of restoration, not an act of punishment. And that is the first way that Paul says we ought to love each other, help each other bear our sin. <coughs> Interestingly as well, Jesus says, when your brother sins against you, that you deal with it. He doesn't necessarily say when your brother sin, when somebody sins against someone else, you're dealing with the sin on a relationship with that person who sinned against you. There's a lot of people I've met in different churches who want to deal with everybody's sin all the time. And that's not what Jesus is saying. So we help each other deal with our sin. So the person in this room that is dealing with sin, you know they are. You come alongside them, bear their burden with grace, mercy, not like the Pharisees who wanted to reject the sinner and keep away from them just in case they got dirty. Now Paul does say, make sure you don't fall into sin yourself. We have got to be careful of that. But we help one another bear our sin. John MacArthur says, when someone staggers, we help steady the load. If he's straining, we help bear the burden. If he stumbles, we lift him up. Helping fellow believers carry the weight of their worldly troubles is one of the chief practical duties to consume every Christian. Isn't that good? And that's every burden that we bear. And especially, I think, in the context of our sin. We're all guilty of sin. We've all disobeyed God. And he says, help one another bear that. But also, funnily enough, Paul says that in bearing one another's burdens, we have to accept our own. It seems to contradict what he's just said. But he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For we all have to bear our own load. Isn't it easy if you ever try to be like someone else? It's easy as a preacher. Well, not all preachers, but it's easy as a preacher. And there's preachers in the room, Dave and Keith and Robin Sharon, all preaching. You've ever tried to be like another preacher? Have you ever been tempted to do that? Like, act like someone that you know who's famous? Or, uh, you know, you might want to be like, I don't know, John Piper or, or someone like that. Well, all of us, not just preachers. You know, there's people we look up to. There's people in the Christian life we want to be like. And we want to sometimes maybe take on what they're about. And Paul says, bear your own burden. Be who God's called you to be. Live in what God's called you to live in. Use the gift God's given you to use 
And actually, in doing that, you have others bear their burdens because you can't, you can't bear, they, they can't bear their burden if you're trying to be like them. Does, does that make sense? So, if you're bearing their burden, you're trying to be them. It makes it harder for them. He says, be who he's called you to be. Test your own work before God. Make sure you're living before God in the way that God's called you to live. It kind of links back to sin, but it's more than just sin. It's your calling, it's your gifting. Stop trying to be like another person. Bear what God's given you to bear. And Chuck Smith says, when he writes on this passage, Paul suggests that we examine the motivation behind our works to determine whether we did our best. We shouldn't judge our work in comparison to others, but in comparison to our ideal, Jesus Christ. See, the Galatian teachers wanted followers for themselves, but Paul's saying, not looking for that. You're looking to be who God's called you to be. Follow Jesus. And there's an interesting verse at the end of John's Gospel, an interesting passage where Peter and John, Peter's walking with Jesus and John's walking behind him and, and Peter basically says, well, what about him? What's he going to do? And there's this whole thing that Jesus says about John remaining until Jesus comes back and it's caused loads of like questions of what Jesus is talking about. But the point that Jesus is making, this is in John 21 if you want to read it, I won't read the whole passage, but the point Jesus is making is Peter, and Peter's great, I love Peter, He's my favourite disciple. I'm like Peter sometimes. Peter's emotional. He speaks before he thinks. He messes up all the time, but he loves Jesus. You can see with Peter, he loves Jesus. And he's talking to Jesus, and he says, what about John? And Jesus basically says to Peter, Peter, you concentrate on what I've called you to do, and I'll deal with John. It's really good. That's the basic idea of what he says. Um, But that's what God calls us to do. Bear what God's given you to bear. And you'll be strong to bear others' burdens. Don't try and be like them. That's a good principle to live by. We so often in church, we want to take on the things that come our way. We need a a volunteer for something, or we need to do this, or we need to do that. What's God called you to do? What's God gifted you to do? What's God called you to bear? Wherever you are, whether you preach, whether you're out working in the workplace, which is most of us, Bear your own burden. That doesn't mean others don't help you to bear it, of course. We just looked at that. But walk being the person God's called you to be. And then, Paul writes this in this interesting line in verse 8, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. What? <laughs> I couldn't get my head around that at first. What's it got to do with the rest of it? Bearing each other's sin, bearing our own burdens. But here's what I, I, what I believe that Paul is saying to them here. Help your leaders bear their burdens. Help your leaders to bear their burdens. Um, a lot of people believe Paul's talking financially here, so there's a part of like providing for the ones who teach you financially. But for different reasons, leaders don't always always take financial provision or whatever. It's more than that. Um, it's helping your leaders 
with the burdens they have. I remember when me and Bex, we went to New Wine. Some of you might have been. It's a con- big Christian conference. Um, and at New Wine, they let a lot of people do ministry. Like, basically anyone who's there can do ministry in the meetings, um, as well as a ministry team. So, one of the morning sessions in one of the morning meetings, uh, they call leaders forward, leaders of churches forward, to be prayed for if they were struggling, if they were having a hard time in their churches. Um, I mean, Bex went forward to pray for this couple, and I lasted about 30 seconds. Bex prayed for them the whole time. I couldn't pray for them. I just, I, it, it broke me down completely. They've been, they were just having difficulty in leading their church. And, and, and I just stepped to the back of the room, and I looked, and I just cried. I, I, I just wept because I saw these leaders, and I felt God say to me, I've called these people to lead. They're my precious pastors, my precious leaders. Um, and they were broken, and they'd been hurting and I just prayed from the back while Bex prayed with this couple and, and other people were praying as well. And I just felt a real, a real uh, fresh sense of, of, of how God cares for those he calls to lead, to lead his church. So I want you to bear the load of your leaders, Keith and Rachel, Dave and Andy and Hannah and Laura and other people who lead in this church, there's other leaders too. Help people to bear their load, and especially Keith, actually. Not that the others aren't important too, but especially Keith. To bear the load that God's given him. To lead his people. It's easy to criticize, and it's easy to judge. And I'm not saying if you do that, I don't know. I hope you don't. I'm not telling you that you do, because I don't know. But, But it's easy to do that. I've done that. Even though generally I want to encourage, we've all had times where we've gone, oh, so-and-so's done this. Or he shouldn't have done it that way. And Paul says, bear your leader's load. Bear the load that they carry. Pray for them. Support them. Meet with them. You know, it's easy to meet with I've met the keeper for coffees in the past. I've been at Freedom. We should do it again. But it's easy to, uh, to meet with coffee because you want to chat about what you've got going on, or something God's put on your heart. And I basically did that as well, so I'm not saying I've done this well. Why don't you meet with Keith for a coffee, or any of the other leaders, and ask them what's going on with them. Support them, pray for them. Their life isn't made easier by us not giving them an easy life, if that makes sense. So support them, pray for them. Give to them financially if they ask for that. Support them. Your leaders need you behind them, bearing their load with them. I want to encourage you to do that. I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm telling you off. I'm not really, but I know what goes on. I know what goes on in my own heart. I know what it's like. So help them to bear their burdens. Be creative in that. You know what you can do and what you can't do. But at least pray. At least pray for them. If nothing else, pray for your leaders in this church. If you can't do anything else, if you can't meet with them, if you're too busy, if, if you can't support them in other ways, pray for them. And so help them to bear the burden that they have to carry. That's God call for all of us. And of course, not just our leaders, but we support one another too. Bear each other's burdens.
Don't be like those people in Galatia who were putting burdens and burdens and burdens on top of Christian shoulders and making it harder for them to live for Jesus. I pray that God will show you how you can better do this as a church. I just want to pray for you all as we finish. I want to pray that God will bless you and I want to pray that God will grow you. Lord, I pray that you will build up Freedom Church. And I don't mean, I tiny mean numbers. That's great. But build us up in our spirits. The strength to walk through each day in our day-to-day lives. Show us how to bear one another's burdens in love. We don't even know some of the burdens that people are bearing. We can't always know every burden that people are bearing, but I pray that you will show us where we know how to help people. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you that you're not a God who calls us to follow the law anymore. You are a God that calls us to live in your grace. And I pray for more grace abounding on Freedom Church and every person in it, and especially on its leaders for the task you've got for them. So I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace to all of us. Amen.